Hi, my name is Roger Yates. I'm an ethical vegan from Dublin, Ireland, originally from Yorkshire, England. You can Google me on, on human-non-human relations. You're listening to the superb coexisting with non-human animals. I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. Vegetarian. Vegan. Yeah, Let's well. get it right. You used the word animals, but I suppose what you should have said is non-human animals. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Coexisting with Non-Human Animals. Before I begin, I'd love to say hello to my friend Erin Youngless. She was kind enough to add me to her Twitter Follow Friday list. It's always a strange thing for me. Follow Friday occurs on Saturday in New Zealand. Erin is a yoga instructor and writer. You can find her at erinyoungless.com. That's www.aryngless.com. Erin also has a personal blog at www.aryngless.com weeklyadventuresordinarygirl.com I always like to say hello to nice people on my show. If you'd like to hear me pronounce your name wrong, let me know. You can ask me on Twitter, twitter.com slash j-a-y-w-o-n-t-d-a-r-t. I would also like to say hello to my friend, Andrew Blythe. I do two shows with him each week. It's fun because of the massive time difference. He lives in England, I live in New Zealand. I meet him on Skype at about 9am Sunday, my time, and it's about 10pm Saturday night, his time. I'm groggy, since it's early, my time. You could say it's... In the morning! And for Andrew, he's had a full day, and so is quite tired. It's close to midnight, his time, when we finish. Nevertheless, we produce two top-quality shows... First the Patriot Cast, which is all about the Metal Gear Solid series of video games, and then the J&A Show, the finest technology show you can find. We make Leo Laporte and Twit look amateur. I'll include a link to each in my show notes. For this episode, I've chosen the title, A Knife Through My Brain Isn't Humane, because I reject the animal welfare reforms that are currently promoted. I would like to share a clip I made from last episode's story about killing lobsters, quote, humanely. I believe this can be seen as the animal welfare position in a nutshell. It talks of giving respect, it mentions that animals are beautiful, but we like to eat them, so we have to do it somehow. It also has a joke about vegans. Welfare groups like to act as though veganism is radical and difficult. We hear the host of the show, Mark Sainsbury, and a host from the cooking show who demonstrates what he claims to be, quote, the humane way to kill a live animal, which in the case of a lobster, is a knife through the brain. There's no way I could see myself ever promoting that. I couldn't get behind hurting an animal for our pleasure. Perhaps the most interesting part from this clip is when the host starts to say, show us how to put him out of his misery, as if to be humane, the killing has to be seen as helping the animal die in peace after suffering. But, the host realises what, what he's about to say, and he quickly changes his mind. Realising it's a completely healthy animal, with every reason to live, he instead says, um, well, kill him humanely. Working with live ingredients, 
Once you give them the respect that they deserve. I mean, this is this here is a living, breathing animal. This animal is probably about I don't know, maybe four years old, and it's it's a it's a beautiful thing. But we like to we like to eat these beautiful things, yeah. so you have to do it somehow. You know, a, a vegan would have you believe a bunch of celery has a feeling. <laughs> so show us then, if you wouldn't mind, Peter, the correct way to put this guy out of his uh, well. I'd like humanely. To so you go straight down. Oh. There we go. So that's, that's it. it. He's absolutely gone now. Yeah. And that's, that's the most humane way. There is no other way. And, you know, I get really upset when people don't look after the ingredients. I have great hopes for the New Zealand Animal Welfare Group SAFE. I really hope they will stop begging for slightly larger cages and instead promote veganism, which is real animal rights. SAFE have at least one store that sells only vegan products. I think it's a great idea, and I really wish we had a SAFE cruelty-free store in Invercargill, where I live. But SAFE spend most of their time and money promoting animal welfare reform, which I disagree with. There are some dedicated abolitionist vegans in New Zealand. I know that Elizabeth and William have a table of information that they promote in Auckland. Sam has his radio show in Hamilton, which is also released as a podcast. Vish also advocates for veganism in Wellington, and I do my part through this podcast. I think that individually, we are doing a good job, but it would be great to have a large, powerful national group also promoting veganism. Recently, SAFE brought up the issue of how New Zealand pigs are kept. I have a clip to play for you from the close-up television program. Hans Creek represented SAFE's position against the New Zealand Pork Board's Sam McIver. I think overall, Hans didn't do as convincing a job as other times he had appeared on the show including the host, who is most likely not vegan himself, and a vet who works for the pig farming industry, it seemed like there were three people against the word of Hans. I think in many ways, the average buyer of animal products in New Zealand doesn't want to see filthy pigs covered in flies and screaming, but they also don't seem to care so much for paying even a small amount more for, quote, happy meat. At least that's the meme the pork board put out. They furiously throw out statistics about free-range animals, having a higher death rate, for example, while then backpedalling and saying, oh, but people wouldn't pay even if we were a tiny bit nicer to our animals. I mean, property. All this pork from nasty overseas countries would further flood our market. What a nasty xenophobic approach. At least New Zealanders are decent people. You can't trust those damn Americans, Canadians, or Asians. It reminds me of the American car industry that decades ago found itself under attack by cheaper, more efficient, more reliable Japanese cars. It reminds me of an ad from Grand Theft Auto, Vice City. What makes a real American? A cowboy hat, enjoying a fine T-bone steak, going to a baseball game, shooting a gun. Maybe it's the freedom to go into a poor country and tell them how to do things. Heh, those are all great qualities. But one thing that makes a true patriot is the ability to choose an American car. When you buy an import, you take a hot meal off a hard-working American's table. There, there. This poor girl is going to starve to death just because you bought a cheaper, more efficient Maibatsu. Without gross symbols of excess, what will Americans have to look up to? 
Our great industries are threatened. Cars, pornography, armaments, and they need your help. So the next time you buy a car, a piece of adult literature, or a missile defense system, make sure you do the American thing. I love the ads in the GTA games. From what little I know of people who buy, quote, free-range happy meat, they seem to be infinitely more self-righteous than any vegan I have ever met. They will talk on message boards about, oh, I only buy the Havoc Farms pork. It's free range, you know. Because I believe we should show respect to animals. I pay a whole dollar more to do the humane thing. I'd think people willing to pay more to feel better about themselves would most likely jump at the chance to pay less for vegan food while knowing they are making the true ethical choice. If only veganism were promoted by these large groups. A few times, Hans will mention something like, New Zealanders deserve to know the pork we eat come from happy pigs. I don't know how Hans, as a vegan, can keep talking about eating pork as if it's okay. I think it would be quite interesting to hear his reply if the people representing the animal agriculture industries mentioned, But Hans, you won't buy our products even if we do what you demand. It would be interesting to see what he would say. I also notice the host gets a little mixed up. So the mum lying on his side, a bunch of piglets on top of her. Here's the piece from Close Up. Well, a year ago, the pictures shocked the nation. Pregnant sars living in crates, cramped and dirty, and the public demanded change. But has anything really happened since? Tonight, we're going to reveal new undercover footage, which again will shock many of you. Filmed in three Waikato pig farms last weekend, is it a case of animal cruelty or the reality of piggeries? Shortly, we're going to talk with Hans Creek from SAFE and the head of the New Zealand Pork Board, Sam McIver. But first, this from Robin Jones, and a bit of a warning here, some of the pictures you're about to see are challenging. There are pictures that may shock you, but there are pictures animal activists believe you should see. Covertly filmed at three Waikato piggeries last weekend without the farmer's knowledge or permission. It's squalor, it is extremely cruel for the animals, and very sadly, it's probably legal. The pictures were filmed by a group called Animal Rescue and given to Hans Creek from SAFE. What you're seeing is sows and their piglets in farrowing crates. They spend the first four weeks of their lives in these. Well, the, the, these piglets would have been a few days old and um, uh, obviously you can see mum in the farrowing crate. She can hardly move. She, you know, she can only stand up, lie down. That's all she can do. And again, the piglets are born on these very hard surfaces, very unhygienic conditions. You can find dead animals lying there. These, these are not conducive to good welfare. This one has its feet bitten off, and quite likely these animals have been cannibalised. Crate farming should be outlawed immediately. It was nearly a year ago that footage of sows and sow crates sparked a public very, outcry. Very Look, I found it very, very disturbing. A review of the Animal Welfare Act concerning pigs is considering banning sow crates by 2017. Safe want farrowing crates banned too. Farrowing crates are equally as bad and possibly even worse. Here you see piglets that have been moved to fattening pens. They're slaughtered at 18 to 26 weeks of age. This is how they will live their entire life. Nothing to do, nothing to entertain them. Uh, you know, and these are young, inquisitive, intelligent animals. And, and, I'll, and I'll bet you that not many people 
would like to, to think that the pork that they eat comes from animals like this. I mean, this does not look good. To the layman, it may not look great. So we wanted an expert opinion. We asked veterinary consultant and pig specialist Selwyn Dobinson to look at the footage. If we look at the pigs themselves, we talk animal welfare. Those pigs themselves look brilliant. I couldn't fault those pigs as far as their body condition, their general behaviour. I'm so not condoning the, the lack of attention to aesthetics. SAFE would say that with these dead piglets that they have cannibalised each other. Is, is that the case, do you think? There's no evidence in my view to suggest that that is the case. I think that's an emotive comment which doesn't have any basis in fact. And I would suggest that this looks to me like cat damage. As opposed to other pigs. As opposed to other pigs or uh, animals. The, the, the wounds are uh, what I've experienced quite commonly in outdoor piggeries where wild cats uh, are a real, real issue. Selwyn says outdoor piggeries actually have a higher mortality rate than indoor ones. So in a farrow and crate, the sow can what, lie down and stand up and that's it? With a complete freedom, she can move backwards and forwards. He does acknowledge two of the farms filmed do have hygiene issues. The attention to hygiene uh, is, is less than ideal. Um, and, uh, but on the other hand, if I look at that particular sow, uh, she's got a, 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 a well-formed udder, she's not backbony, she's not showing any stress, food-related stress. The problem is that the environment is perhaps not ideal. The question is, are these farms representative of all piggeries? SAFE certainly thinks so. But the fact is that three farms in a row were, were being filmed in one area and they all look the same. So this is representative, this is happening in New Zealand and the industry actually wants to keep it like that. They want to keep their sow stalls, they want to keep farrowing crates and because they think that this is the best way of farming pigs. <laughs> Right, so Robin Jones with the pictures there. Hans Creek, he's in our Christchurch studio. The head of the New Zealand Pork Board, Sam McIver, he is with us here in Auckland. Good evening to both of you. This is Good such evening. a bad look for your industry. Why do you keep doing it? Uh, listen, uh, footage that uh, that shows pigs in distress isn't good. I've, I've made inquiries today. I've followed up those three farms. Uh, the three farms we have in question, uh, the farm that had dead animals will be exiting the industry within a month and I support that. The, the second farm that was shown is undergoing a, a significant uh, investment program of new buildings, and the third farm um, is a very good farm. I've, I've actually been on the farm myself, and it was put through uh, some testing of our new audit system being put in place and, and came through with... So with even, if, even, if we, even if we believe you, why are you still able to find two or three farms in one region in this country that look appalling and behave badly? Uh, given what you've been through in the last year. The, the key thing, and I think the vet made the point very well, Mike, is that it's about the animals and whether the animals are well cared for. And our audit system that we're putting in place uh, currently, it's independently run by Assure Quality. Every commercial farm will need to go through that audit. It'll be focused on whether those, kids are, uh, whether those pigs, should I say, are healthy and well cared for. If they're not, there'll be some remedies that have to be put in place. We've spent a lot of time over the last year talking to consumers about some of the concerns that they had, and they said, listen, we don't know about pig farming. We expect you guys to look after it, but we want to know this. We want to know that you're actually caring for your pigs. But they're not. And the audit system... Your, your dead pigs can't, are not cared for pigs. Pigs eaten by feral cats are not cared for pigs. And, and, that's, and that's why I'm supportive of that, 
that uh, that piggery leaving the industry. So they were all on that one farm, you think? Correct. Those, those... Hans, I mean, you, you make out as though you just sort of wander around the countryside and break into a couple of farms and film them and go, shock, horror, look what's happened here. You target <coughs> these people and you target the worst in the industry, and in any industry you're going to find some rogue players, aren't you? No, there's no way of knowing where these farms are actually bad before you go there. The fact is that the activists went to the Waikato area, they knew there were a few farms there, they just visited three farms, never seen before, this is what you find. The fact is, whenever you go to these farms, you will find this kind of, of situation. And the cruelty lies, uh, uh, Mike, in the systems that are being used. The worst cruelty on those farms, I know people will look at the piglets and think it's all terrible, but the worst cruelty in those farms lies in the sows that are being confined in crates where they can't turn around, where they can only stand up and lie down, where they lead a horrible, horrible yeah. life. Well, you hold These on. You're, you're, also... you're bringing a human element to this. I mean, this is farming. This is how it works. At the end of the day, I mean, we'd all like them running around in a nice green pasture and wouldn't it be wonderful, but the price would go through the roof and we wouldn't buy pork. We'd bring it in from Vietnam. Well, animal abuse, Mike, is inexcusable. And these systems have actually been found to breach our own animal welfare legislation. The Animal Welfare Act in New Zealand says that animals must be able to express their normal patterns of behaviour. And the people that are reviewing the code have acknowledged that both south stalls and farrowing crates do not allow this. So therefore they breach the act. So why would we allow systems to carry on that are clearly illegal? It's completely unacceptable. If you were to keep your dog like this, you'll be prosecuted for animal cruelty and you'll be sent to jail. And that's exactly what should happen here. How many of these farms that we saw... OK, so one's exiting the industry. How much of what we saw in those pictures actually goes on and you would defend as piggery farming. It's just what happens. Yeah, so, so if we talk about pig farming in New Zealand, Mike, uh, about 40% of our sows are farmed outdoors, another 10% are indoors in, in group house systems, uh, and about 50% uh, in intensive systems that use our stores. Okay, so the 50%. So what we saw with the, with the mum lying on her side, virtually unable to move, with a bunch of piglets on top of her, that's standard piggery farming yeah, it, in this country. It, it, it is, Mike, and, it, and it's actually standard uh, piggery practice around the world. Why, why are those sows in there? It's been tested and tried over time that it is actually the best housing for that sow and her piglets for that four-week period of time. Why is that? Well, firstly, the, the piglets are susceptible to being rolled on early, in, uh, yeah. early after birth. Secondly, uh, there is quite a bit of staff involvement uh, with the piglets during those four weeks. And uh, if, you're, if you're loose with a sow in a, in a, in a bigger, uh, in a bigger uh, room, She'll, she'll attack the workers that, that try, yeah. to, try to manage the piglets. So there's uh, actually very, very rubbish. sound reasoning uh, behind uh, what that's, that, that system that's in place. In terms of looking at options, listen, around the world at this very point in time, new options are being looked at. And again, the industry isn't adverse to, to looking at new systems and putting them in place. As they come available. Okay, Hans, what about Mike, the vet, though? What about the vet? You think you have the smoking Hold on, just let me get the question. You think you've got the smoking gun, and then the vet comes along and goes, actually, it's not that bad. Yeah, well, great. You do realise that this veterinarian is actually employed by pig farmers as a pig vet. He's not going to bite the hand that feeds them, first of all. So he, um, he's corrupt for making that allegation now, are you? No, no, we could get other veterinary opinions that certainly would have a different opinion because he is supportive of those systems that are clearly cruel to animals, you know, and people can see that for but themselves. But, I mean, hands of a vet... But if a vet looks at the animal and goes, look, I can see nothing wrong here, then there's nothing wrong here. Unless the vet is completely out of touch 
with how animals should be treated. The fact is that these systems are unnecessary. In, in Switzerland, for instance, they did away with farrowing crates years and years ago. And actually, only last year, they did, they did a study and they compared farrowing crates with, with loose farrowing systems where, these, where the mothers have a much better quality of life, where they're not confined like that. And actually, they found that the piglet survival rate was just as good as in farrowing crates. The reason why Sam doesn't want to hear about all this, because if you change the systems, it's going to cost some money. Yes. And you have to provide the animals with straw and you have to put more work into it. Of course, which it. means we're all going to pay more for pork. Which means money. we'll all pay more for pork and they'll bring it in from overseas to bring the price back down and then the New Zealand industry will be wrecked and destroyed. What's the point of that? I mean, your point well, is, you, your point you is you a good one, on eat, If you Seven, want to keep on week. eating pork, yes, you probably should be paying more for, the, for that because otherwise you're we supporting animal cruelty. We so we can to. choose as animal cruelty or better welfare. Okay. So the choice is with consumers. Is that right in a nutshell? Yeah. I mean, I mean the, the choice is with consumers, Mike, and, and the... And the reality for the industry is every week 700,000 kgs of imported pork comes into this country. It comes from North America, it comes from Canada. It's not re required to meet any welfare standards uh, at all. And, uh, so, the, so let's the, not industry, our own the local welfare industry in New Zealand. This is the, just complete nonsense. Excuse me, Hans. The local industry has got, to, has got to compete with that. That's the reality of it. What we're saying to consumers is, listen, we're putting an audit in place which will give you the confidence that we're looking after okay. our pigs. Let me give you the assurance too that we're looking at new options. Okay. We're, we're saying to New Zealanders, uh, go with us. We'll give, you, we'll give you the assurance that we're looking at new options and we'll move to them you as shouldn't quickly be as back we can. You shouldn't, though, to be fair, you shouldn't be back on this programme in 12 months' time with pictures like the ones we've seen tonight. You shouldn't be back on this programme in a year's time with people still exiting the industry because they can't farm properly, should you? Uh, I mean, listen, the, the, the best thing for people if they can't farm properly is that they do... Uh, exit the industry, Mike, and I'm I'm very supportive of that. What what my job is to do is to provide the, uh, I guess, the support to farmers so that they can continually uh, improve what they're doing, and and that's my commitment to the industry. And secondly, that they can be uh, competitive against imported product that is subsidised, that uses hormones, that doesn't have any welfare systems, etc., etc. I mean, the reality Mike, is uh, the reality is if New Zealand big, pig farmers it's, you go know, out of I business, can guarantee you that these I can guarantee you that these farmers will be back next year because we will keep on exposing as long as they keep treating the animals like that. The, the Pork Industry Board was threatening legal action against NAWAC when they even merely suggested that they wanted to phase out sow stalls. They want to keep those systems. The cruelty lies in those systems. Okay. At the moment, the government is reviewing the code, and if people want to make a submission, it's not too late. It closes on the 16th. Go to the safe website I think and get some what, of these yeah, cards I think this and make why, a submission. Hans, I think that's why we've got the footage out a week to go, isn't it? That's what it boils down to. It's a touch of politics. Listen, I appreciate your time very much. Hans Creek of SAFE and Sam McIver of the Port Board. Appreciate your time as well. Have a good weekend, both of you. Hans from SAFE has always politely replied to my emails, and I have nothing against him personally. But I wish SAFE would promote veganism, which helps all animals, not just the factory-farmed flavour of the month. I think the way we talk about animals affects how we feel. I sometimes slip into saying it when I talk about an animal, its eyes, rather than his eyes or her eyes. I suppose it's because I don't like saying he when it could turn out to be a female animal. That used to drive me nuts when we had a female dog. How old is he? Good boy. I noticed this in an NPR debate about prostitution, which is legal in New Zealand, illegal almost everywhere in America. Because we're not a monkey. Men are not monkeys. And Thank women, you, Wendy Shalit. Women are not chicken. Thank you. Thank you. Chickens are not a product manufactured for our use. They are all their own separate beings. I admit to finding it difficult to tell all the chicks living in the backyard apart. The yellow ones were always so close to identical looking, 
although now there are only three, so that makes it easier. One has four black splotches on its rearmost feathers. I like to think it's a tribute to its black mother. See, there I go again, saying it's. I don't actually know if the chicks are male or female yet. I also noticed this in the audiobook of the Stephen King story Carrie. There have been two movie versions and they both creep me out. They both start off like a Peter ad. Lots of topless young woman, but it gets a bit crazy from there. The audiobook is read by Sissy Spacek, the now elderly woman who played Carrie in the original movie. I knew I had to keep my head. The people who were running were getting electrocuted. Georgette said, quick, Cora. Oh, God, I don't want to get burned alive. I said, stop that. We have to use our heads, Georgette, or we'll never use them again. Something foolish like that, but she wouldn't listen. She let go of my hand and started to run for the sidewalk. I screamed at her to stop. There was one of those heavy main cables broken off right in front of us, but she didn't listen, and she... She... Oh, I could smell her when she started to burn. Smoke just seemed to burst out of her clothes, and I thought, that's what it must be like when someone gets electrocuted. The smell was sweet, like pork. Have any of you ever smelled that? Sometimes I smell it in my dreams. I stood dead still, watching Georgette Shires turn black. I've heard that our bodies smell like pigs if we are burnt, so it could very well be that we have smelt what burning people are like each time we cook a pig. It's not like human beings are divine beings, totally different in every way to lowly animals. If a pig is made of meat, then so are we. Each time I hear SAFE have a new campaign, I secretly get excited. It could be the vegan campaign that SAFE have promised to think about. But, inevitably, it's been another welfare reform, a single-issue campaign. At the moment, there are all kinds of protests happening throughout New Zealand. I've linked to some in my show notes, where people have chained themselves to equipment on a pig farm. Here's some of the news coverage. A man has chained himself to a silo on a Waikato farm to protest pig farming practices in New Zealand. The government is reviewing welfare standards for pigs and animal rights activists are stepping up their campaign efforts. Here's John O'Hutchison. Activist John Darrick set up his protest on top of a silo at a pig farm in Cambridge. The pigs in the farm around me have absolutely no quality of life whatsoever. They're being kept in conditions which if you or I were keeping our dog or cat in, we'd be prosecuted for. The protesters say their complaint is not with this specific farm, but with the industry as a whole. What we're basically doing is protesting against factory farming of pigs, specifically sows kept in sow stalls and farring crates. The government's reviewing the code of welfare for pigs. A draft proposal suggests that dry sow stalls and farrowing crates should be phased out eventually, but not until there are viable alternatives. New Zealand Pork says it's commissioned an independent audit of conditions around the country. Consumers are telling us that they did have some concerns about what they'd seen or heard, that they wanted us to respond to it. Sam McIver says it's also important for New Zealand farmers to remain competitive. We have approximately 700,000 kgs of imported product coming in every week into New Zealand. Those systems aren't required to meet any welfare standards. Today's protest was organised by a group called Open Rescue, which also secretly filmed this footage at three Waikato farms. The owner of this farm didn't return calls from 3 News, and the only person on site had nothing to add. Are you bothered that he's up there? No. 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 
the protesters conducted their own tours of the farm undisturbed. You can see some wounds um, on some of the sows here from rubbing up against the sides of the crates. These are horrible conditions and I can't really see any justification for it. Back on top of the silo, Derek had come prepared with enough supplies to stay for two days. That is, if he's not cut down first. John O'Hutchison, 3 News. There was also some kind of overnight protest, with people staying for a few days beside the Wellington Library, with at least a person inside a cell crate at all times. Safe at least help, if not join the small groups who have these protests. The cell crate vigil sounded more interesting. At the end, vegan sausages were to be given away. I suppose in a way this is promoting veganism, but what is the actual point of the cell crate? Is it really just asking that people buy free-range pigs? Here's some pamphlets about how awful, quote, factory farming is. Look at all the flies and muck. And, oh, on your way, here's a free vegan sausage. I wish the main point were about veganism. I was about to say that at least in New Zealand, our animal welfare groups don't use sex to sell their message. But, then I remembered the Wild Food Festival. Safe have run a stall at the Wild Foods Festival before. The Wild Foods Festival in Hokitika often has gory, quote, food. Maggots, snails, tongues, eyes, all the most disgusting parts of animals normally. It's a fun idea that SAFE decide to promote vegetarian slash vegan food surrounded by gross animal products. I'll read from a SAFE PR release from 2007. This is going to be difficult to read. SAFE's crusading vegetarians returned for another culinary standoff against hungry meat-eaters at this year's Wild Foods Festival in Hokitika. Two years running our meaty vegan gonads have been a huge hit, says campaign director Hans Creek. We again sold out and gave out over 800 leaflets on the benefits of a vegetarian diet, and had a ball doing it. Made from soy, mushrooms and chestnuts, the gonads were beer-battered and deep-fried. They tasted delicious and proved to festival goers that you can have tasty food without hurting animals. The gonad's slightly provocative shape of two balls between a sausage went down well with the crowd and created many laughs, says Hans. We were a lifesaver for the many vegetarians attending, as they were struggling to find anything to eat. Even sceptical farmers who tried them had to admit that they were among the tastiest food items on offer. Safe stall featured the image of love-making vegetables, with the slogan, Go Vegetarian! Become a Real Food Lover! was one of the most talked about and photographed stalls at the festival, a great way to spread the message, says Hans. Well, where to begin? I don't like mushrooms, so I actually wouldn't want to eat the product, even if I could get over how it looked. What is it with animal welfare groups? When they do promote vegetarianism, or more really, veganism, it has to involve sex. About the picture used, from memory, it was a person made from green vegetables on top of a person made from orange vegetables, having sex in the missionary position. It's rather gross and very inappropriate. I'm not a prude, but what does sex have to do with veganism? I get that all around the safe stall, there will be actual animal, quote, gonads being served. But surely, we want vegans to appear as the reasonable people, not the radical weirdos. I can also imagine a lot of jokes about the food too. I don't want to be associated with, quote, gonads. I don't want to be thought of as some vegan gonad head.
I don't want to have a t-shirt or a poster of a green person made of vegetables having sex with an orange vegetable person either. It's highly inappropriate. Not so long ago, we couldn't have an ad on New Zealand TV using the word bugger played before 9pm. Among other things, the ad had a dog missing the back of a truck, landing in mud, and supposedly swearing, bugger. It was scandalous. Could an advert about two vegetable people clearly having sex be played? Would it be an ad that could only be played at odd hours? There must be a better way to promote veganism than that. If Safe can have fun promoting veganism under the term vegetarian, with sexual-looking lumps of soy, then why can they not promote veganism itself as their regular campaign? To finish up, admittedly Safe didn't protest about how the lobster was killed on the MasterChef cooking show. It was probably more on the show's website that there was a supposed outrage about how the lobsters were boiled alive. The judges later said this was awful, and soon after, one of the chefs appeared on close-up to demonstrate the quote, humane way to kill a lobster, cutting through its brain. Safe did not say that it was humane to cut through a lobster's brain, but anyone who thinks there is a quote humane way to kill an animal for our pleasure is plain wrong. All animals feel pain. All animals are living beings. We shouldn't hurt any animal that includes killing them. All welfare reform and promotion of happy meat is equally wrong to me. I hope SAFE will change their mind and start to promote veganism. Promote a knife through the brain? Is humane? You must be insane. Thank you for listening to Coexisting with Non-Human Animals. You can find the script for this episode, as well as downloads for every episode of Coexisting with Non-Human Animals, at coexistingwithnonhumananimals.blogspot.com. If you'd like to contact me, even just to say you've listened, send an email to jwontdart at gmail.com, or on Twitter, twitter.com slash j-a-y-w-o-n-t-d-a-r-t. I'd appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Away from the notion of animals as things, and toward the moral personhood of animals. The choice is ours. If you're not vegan, go vegan. It's easy. It's better for you. It's certainly better for the planet. And most importantly, it's the morally right thing to do.